Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. Prayer changes things, and I want to start off by reading Acts chapter 12. You're going to learn keys from the Word of God today that'll guarantee that uh, the next time you're faced with opposition you'll be able to know how to press into God to get a miracle for your own self your family or whatever that pertains to you so you know it's there's nothing wrong with getting other people to pray matter of fact at the end of this broadcast I'm going to pray for whatever needs you have whatever if you have uh, sickness in your body whatever it is we're going to pray and we're going to believe God for a total turnaround for you and yours however God did not send Jesus to the earth so that whatever happened in the old testament just continued you know they had to go to the priest to get whatever they wanted from God they didn't have direct access once a year a priest had to go in to the courts of God and he was the one who made petitions on behalf of the people they that he went into the holy of holies and he was the one that had access to God but the bible says very clearly in Hebrews chapter 10 matter of fact before we read Acts chapter 12 let's read this Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 11 says this and every priest stands ministering daily offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins but this man Jesus after he had for uh, offered one sacrifice for sins forever has sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool for by one offering jesus has perfected forever those who are being sanctified that's you and that's me that though we are being sanctified we are forever made perfect in the sight of god so that's why the first thing you have to establish in your own spirit before you're going to have a successful prayer life is that i have right standing with god I'm righteous even as Christ is righteous because of what Jesus did for me. Not by works of righteousness, not by my own right doings, not by my own efforts, but because of Jesus' blood, I am now made clean. I have been sanctified and I'm now able to approach God's throne. We're going to read that, read about that. Verse 15. Uh, but the Holy Spirit witnesses to us for after he had said before this is the covenant that I'll make in them after those days says the Lord I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them and he said hallelujah Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17 and he adds the Holy Spirit adds this their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more I'm sinless in God's sight I am, there is no sin that is separating. Because I have Jesus, there is not one sin that is separating me from the love of God and from the presence of God. When you weren't in Christ, the Bible says you were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. The Bible says you were walking according to the course of this world, according to the, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, and you were cut off from the fold. The Bible says you were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel. However, by the blood of Jesus, we who were far off have been brought near unto God. 
And we are no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. We're no longer cut off. We're no longer alienated from the covenants of promises. But now the Bible says we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the house of God. The Bible says in the book of uh, Isaiah 43, and I believe it's verse 27. It says, uh, verse 25, it says that your, uh, your sins I will blot out for my sake and your lawless deeds I will never remember in the book of Micah it says I'll take your sins and I'll bury them never to be brought up again so your sins are buried the Bible says if our hearts do not condemn us first John 3 22 if our hearts don't condemn us we have such confidence before God that whatever we ask from him we receive because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight so you have to get this settled in your heart today that because Jesus lives in me I'm no longer a sinner I'm no longer sin stained Psalm chapter uh, Psalm 32 says how blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven and whose transgressions are covered how blessed is the man to whom the Lord no longer imputes iniquity God does not impute you know what impute means it means he does not count it against you any lo any longer the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 that he has taken away the handwriting of requirements which was against us he has taken it away he took away the, the the bible says there was a certificate of debt there was a list of sins that we had committed that testified against us in the court of heaven but through jesus he has taken it away he has nailed it to the cross and he hath forever obtained an eternal redemption for you and for me if that doesn't preach you happy that's preached me happy let me tell you that's why paul said in, in acts chapter 26 when he was appealing to king agrippa he said i think myself happy why because when you dwell on these facts when you dwell on these truths it's very difficult to get discouraged it's very difficult to get depressed it, it that's how you can think yourself happy stop thinking on your past stop thinking on the words of condemnation stop paying attention to the accuser of the brethren and instead pay attention to the advocate jesus christ which the bible says we have an, an advocate with the father who hath cleansed us from all sins i am clean and you remember when peter had that vision that the gospel was open up to the gentiles the bible says that peter said lord i have i will never touch anything unclean to my lips i've never eaten anything unclean and god told peter that which i have called clean no longer call unclean and God has made you clean because of Jesus. So stop calling yourself unclean. Stop calling yourself unworthy. You are made worthy to enter into the presence of God behind the veil into the holiest of holies because of the blood of Jesus. And if the blood says and the blood speaks, I can access into the presence of God. Then there's no other voice that will discourage me or, 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 or rip out my confidence in God's presence. Such confidence do we have before God because our sins are forgiven now listen to this verse 19 Hebrews 10 19 if you haven't shared the broadcast please share it let's let's get this word out to as many people as possible because today I'm going to pray for everybody that needs prayer at the end of this broadcast and we're going to believe God not for like this you know 10 10 year miracle process we're going to believe God that today as we pray 
Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. We are going to believe that as we join our faith together at the end of this broadcast, if two of you on earth should agree concerning anything that they may ask, God said, I will hear you from heaven and I will enforce and bring the answer. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I might answer you. No, I perhaps if I'm in a good mood, answer you. No, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Whatever ditch that you've been in the last 10 years, five years, six months, four months, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we join our faith together, the power of God reaches deep down into that horrible pit and he lifts you up and puts you on the rock to stay today, whether the devil likes it or not. The days of you going down ended yesterday from today. You are rising up into your God-ordained place on the earth. In Jesus' name, you are going to walk in God's inheritance. Nothing will be able to take you out and rob you of your destiny. From today, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everything that's been holding you back, every chain that's been weighing you down and keeping you back, has it gets broken today in the name of Jesus. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, man, you should tattoo this on your spirit. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. The devil wants to keep you from drawing near to God. That's why you, you know, prayer changes things but until you pray nothing changes so the devil knows he can't stop the power of God but what he can't stop is you from praying he can he can do everything he can to get you from praying that's why the moment you think about praying the moment you think about approaching God's throne all of a sudden it's like man you know what I don't think I filed my income taxes for the uh in 2001 it's like the, the most odd thoughts start coming up your way. You know what? I really haven't connected with that guy from high school. It's been 14 years, but you know, let me, let me give him a call now. You know, it's been a long time. I'd love to hear what he's doing. You haven't thought about that for 14 years. And all of a sudden, when you decided, I'm going to get on track with my prayer life, all these thoughts, because the devil can't stop the power of God. But what he tries to do is to stop you from praying because prayer puts you in partnership with God and connects you to the omnipotence of God, which is able to do far more exceedingly and abundantly all that you can ask, think, or imagine. That's what prayer connects you to God's power. And when God's power comes on the scene, every foreign power, every demonic power has to leave. David said, I cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard me and he delivered me out of of all my troubles the troubles that you're seeing today can be eradicated and erased the sorrow that you're feeling today can be erased and instead of that sorrow of a river of joy begins to burst forth from the scenes a river which makes glad the city of our God but it takes prayer to bring that to reality in your life let us draw near David said in the book of Psalms it was good for me to draw near unto the Lord. The Bible says those who desert God, who fall away from God for harlotry, meaning they play the harlot with the world, 
He will corrupt. The Bible says that they'll be destroyed by their own harlotry. However, it is good for me to draw near unto the Lord. It's a good thing. Don't let the devil confuse you into thinking that God is angry at you or God really doesn't have best intentions for you. No, God's plans are the best plans. God's will is the best will. And he said, ask me anything and I'll give it to you. But you have to ask. That's why point number one that I'm going to get into. I got seven points that will increase your prayer life. Point number one is you need to pray. You need to ask. You need to draw near to God if God will draw near to you in all his power. You can't stay far out and expect a miracle breakthrough. You need to draw near to God. David said in the book of Psalms, uh, the wicked, they boast in their own riches. They boast in their own efforts. They boast in their own works. And he said that they'll, they'll, all, they'll all be destroyed. But he's, he then said, but I'm like a green olive tree planted in the house of my God. I'm like a green olive tree. I'm a prospering olive tree planted in the house of my God. When you pray, you plant yourself in the middle of God's will. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, I think it's uh, 4.16. It says, our beloved Epaphras labors fervently for you. Praying always that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's not just talking about God's, you know, on Tuesday we talked about God's will, God's plan for your life uh, with regards to what he wants you to do on the earth. You know, the plan of God is not something you decide, it's something you discover and prayer helps you to discover that plan. However, there's more to what God wants for your life than just what he has for you to do. God has a will concerning your health. God wants you, the Bible says, if you'll serve the Lord your God, he'll bless your bread and your water, and he'll take sickness out of the midst of you. God has a will concerning your finances. Deuteronomy 8.18, I am the Lord your God who, who causes you to prosper and uh, who gives you the anointing to create wealth that he might establish his covenant with you. God has a will for you in every area of your life, a will for you to succeed, plans for you to prosper, plans for you not to be in harm, not to be destroyed, but to have a future and a hope. And prayer aligns you in that will. Can you say amen? That's why. I mean, we have such a prideful generation of people on the earth, because especially in the North American church. They think that, you know, there are three minutes of prayer that they do throughout the day. One minute for breakfast, one minute for lunch, and one minute for supper is going to get them through life. That's not going to suffice, especially as we see the oven of wickedness burning hotter and more fervently. We need a generation of people who pray. We need, you know, John Wesley said, it seems to me that God will do nothing on the earth unless men pray. God is sovereign, yes. However, in his sovereignty, he has allotted man the responsibility to pray to bring things on the earth that are staying in the heaven unless men pray. That's why Jesus prayed. You are to pray that my will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That means God's will will remain in heaven until you pray and you bring that thing down. That's why the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And that force it's talking about is the force of prayer. James chapter 5 verse 17, you know that Elijah was a man of like nature, but when he prayed, he prayed a fervent, effective prayer. And the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
meaning it produces wonderful results. Your prayers have the power to usher in heaven's will into your life. You have to pray. James chapter 4. Let me read what it says in James 4. James chapter 4. If you're just tuning in right now, I'd encourage you to share the broadcast. It's going to be a great help to a lot of people. James chapter 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Don't they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you don't have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war. Listen to this. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Another translation says you have not because you ask not. It continues on saying, even when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask amiss. So it's not even just enough to pray. You have to know how to pray. That's something that the disciples realized because when they came to Jesus, they asked him one question. Lord, teach us how you pray. They had seen the Pharisees praying. They had seen other people praying. And nothing, you know, it didn't, they didn't see miracles. They didn't see the blind seeing. They didn't see deaf ears coming open. But Jesus had all those things working for him in his ministry. And they saw there was a, like a favor on Jesus' life. And they realized that he had dedicated, you know, Mark chapter 1. Rising up a long while before daylight, Jesus went to a solitary place and there he prayed. So Jesus made prayer a priority in his daily life. And as such, there was a grace and a favor produced. You know, the Bible says Jesus grew in grace and favor before God and man. So he, he, he had that growth for him. You know, the Bible says that as Jesus prayed, coming out, out of the waters in baptism, the heavens were open. His prayers guaranteed an open heaven over his life. And the disciples visibly witnessed that and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus didn't turn them aside and said, you know what? doesn't really matter how you pray as long as you pray. No, he told them, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And he lists out a prayer, which was actually a structure that Jesus gave in praying. And I'm going to cover some of those, those uh, keys today. But I want you to, number one, understand you have to pray. If you're going to have a an answer in your prayers, if your prayer life is going to succeed, if your prayer life is going to produce wonderful results, you need to have a prayer life, logically. Psalm 2.6, ask of me and I will give you. So that leads us to believe logically that if you don't ask, he won't give. Number two, you have to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. This is something that baffles me because you have ministers that get up on the platform and they pray like, Jesus, we come to you today. You don't, Jesus didn't teach you to pray to him. Listen to this, John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Verse 23. And in that day, Jesus speaking, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive 
that your joy may be made full. Verse 26, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I'm not saying that I'll pray the Father for you, but the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I've come forth from God. In that day, Jesus said, you're not going to ask me anything. You'll ask the Father. We approach the Father in the name of Jesus. That's why, and it's important that you understand that we pray in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus is what gives, it's like the password in getting into heaven. Without the name of Jesus, we don't have free access to Rome in, in the heavenly court. You have to pray to the Father, and you. Jesus said, when you use my name, you have assigned a blank check signed with my name that you can give up give god in heaven and if it be in his word you will have it first john 5 first john chapter 5 and verse 14 now this is the confidence that we have in jesus so in jesus's name if we ask anything according to his will which god's word is god's will he hears us and we, if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions of what we've asked him for. If we know that he hears us when we pray according to his will. So picture it this, this way. The name of Jesus gives you a, a blank check that you can fill in. You can find any scripture in this book. And if God said you can have it, you can fill in that blank check through prayer, cash it in the heavenly bank, and you'll be able to withdraw that thing, and God will not withhold that good from those to whom it is due, and it's due you in the name of Jesus. And we have this confidence in that name. That's why you see uh, on CNN, they had this guy named Benjamin Watson on a couple of years back. And they were asking him, what do you think? He's a, a, a tight end. He used to be a tight end in the NFL. And they were asking him what, they, what he thought about, you know, inner city problems and what they could do to better, uh, better the communities in the inner city and whatnot. And he starts going off script. They had a script for him. He went off script. And he said, ultimately, the only answer to these people's problems is going to be the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Because it's, the Bible says that through faith in that name, there's no other name by which me. And the moment he starts talking like that, they totally cut him off. CNN, a multi-billion dollar media agency, gets all of a sudden, they haven't had a technical difficulty since like 1977. And all of a sudden, when he brings up the name of Jesus, they go off the air. Oh, seems like we lost him. Well, well, thank you so much, Benjamin Watson, for coming on this. Totally flared up the demons at CNN and cut, cut off their, <laughs> cut them off from hearing that because the answer is in the name. The Bible says there was a man at uh, the gate called Beautiful that was begging, expecting to receive money from Peter and John. And Peter and John looked to them, looked to that man and said, such as we, 
silver and gold we don't have, but such as we do have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. It was the name of Jesus that produced the miracle that brought that man who had no ability to walk to now leap, run, and praise God in the temple. Such a drastic change that the people that had seen him laid daily at that gate on a daily basis, they had known him. The Bible says he was over 40 years old and was born that way. When they saw him walking, the crowds assembled together and they began to marvel at Peter and John and thought that they were like angels sent amongst men. And they said, don't look on us as though by our own godliness or power we've made this man to walk. No, it's the name of Jesus. Yes, the faith which comes by speaking that name has made this man to walk. That's why the, uh, you have to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and that gives you miracle access to God's ear. And, what, and we know that whatever God hears us in, we have the request of what, of what we've asked him for. Jesus didn't die for you to go to some pastor so he can pray for you. Jesus died to give you free access by his name to come before God, boldly access God so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I refuse to revert back into Old Testament times. I refuse that when I need something done, in my life that will require, you know, whatever represents an impossibility in your life will require the hand of God. And Jesus made it possible for you to come before God boldly without going, you know, you can't contract out prayer. You can ask people to pray for you and stuff like we're going to do at the end of this broadcast. But you have to pray yourself. Prayer, there's too many lazy Christians that think they can, just like you can contract out uh, uh, landscaping, just like you can contract out your accounting and your taxes, you can contract out prayer. Oh, so I'll just have pastor, so, oh, how many of you know, if we can just get pastor this and that to pray for us, if we can get the evangelist to lay hands, God has made it so that there's one high priest, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and if I have Jesus praying for me, which the Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us, and I agree with him in prayer, then there's nothing that can remain impossible in my life. There's nothing that can remain irreversible in your life. There's nothing that can remain the same that if we don't engage the God of heaven, that God himself can change today, here, and now through the power of prayer. Prayer is an unlimited force because it gets God to bear on your situation. And God never loses any battles. That's right, Kimberly. There's no more middlemen. That's why people always say, well, what about Job? Well, how many of you know, you know, Job went through hell and back on this earth and, you know, he was faithful and he had perseverance through it all and you know, God, God saw it fit to have him go through the ditch and through the pit. No, read the book of Job. Job isn't a story for you to look back and say, well, I must be Job. Job is exactly the opposite. It's for you to look back and say, thank God I'm not like Job. Because Job cried out and said, 
Oh, if there be a mediator, if there be an arbitrator, a, a referee, if there be a, 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 a mediator between me and God who would lay one hand on God and one hand on me so that I can pray to him and he would stop this flow of terror that has come to my life. And Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and I know that he'll stand on the earth one day. But that day wasn't then. Job didn't have the Abrahamic covenant. Job didn't have the Mosaic covenant. Job didn't have Jesus in the New Testament. But we have Jesus in the New Testament. We have that which Job begged for, the mediator between us and God, that in Christ Jesus we stand holy and complete and have access to God himself, that we can pray for anything. And the Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. For to everyone who asks, not some people, to everyone who asks, the door shall be open. To everyone who seeks, not a select few, not just a pastor, prophet, evangelist, apostle, and teacher. To everyone who seeks, the, the he shall find. To everyone who knocks, the door shall be open. What Job didn't have, we have because of the blood of Jesus so stop making excuses today take your divine privileges as a child of God as a son of God think of it if my child came to me and said dad I'd like this would I toss them aside and say oh, how many kids in this world that don't even have that they don't even have shoes look at you you have shoes to walk on and you're asking me for yogurt what kind of wicked child you are what an ungrateful depraved human being no I wouldn't do that and give him yogurt i give him anything he asked for because i love him and i care for him and god said if you'll cast your cares on me i care for you and i'll do what no man can do for with man things are impossible but with god things are possible to those that believe you pray to the father in the name of jesus number three it's important that you pray specifically you need to have a target. If your faith doesn't have a target, you'll never hit anything. You have to have a target. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate all of you faithful viewers that uh, come on relentlessly. I know a lot of you watch on the replay when you don't catch it live. I appreciate every single one of you. If you haven't shared the broadcast uh, and you're just tuning in now, please share the broadcast. Help me out. Hey, Levi, Zaid, uh, Patricia, Zadie, Shireen, Jimmy. God bless you guys. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. Listen to what the Bible says. Your, your prayer must be specific. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. That's another thing that I don't have listed in my points. But before you can have any answer to prayer, you have to, you have to get desperate for what you need. You have to get desperate. There has to be a level of desperation that steers you up. That when you pray, you're not praying like some pathetic, North American, cliche Christian. Father, we just stand before you this day. Whatever you want done today, we pray that it get done. Like, that's not... That... that It's not about being loud in prayer. It's not about being 
extravagant in prayer, but there has to be a pressing in your spirit. Paul said, I press towards the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There has to be a pressing. There has to be a desperation. That woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made well. There's too many. Father, we come before thee this day, submitting ourselves to thy sovereign will. Do what thou wilt be done. That's not going to get anything. That's lazy praying. Samuel, uh, Hannah, Samuel's mother, she was barren. She needed a child. She didn't come before the temple and say, God, you know what I need. You know what I want. But if you see it fit not to have. No, God, your word says in the book of Exodus, none of your women shall be barren, nor shall there any miscarry before their time. Nor, nor shall you drop your fruit before it's time. You said, oh God, that there'd be none barren amongst all our people. And I'm barren. This ought not to be. Give me a male child. And Eli saw such a passion emanating from her. Uh, there was she, No words were coming out of her mouth. But there was such an intensive weight of desperation on her prayer. That Eli came and said, hey, put away wine from you. It's ninth hour of the day. What are you doing drinking, you woman? And she just turned and said, I'm not drunk. I'm pleading. I'm pouring out my soul before God. You got to want what God wants you to have before you can start to see those things come to pass in your life. God, we know that you can heal. And we believe all things are possible to you. But even if it be not thy will to heal us, we pray, give us the patience to endure. That's not going to get God to blink an eye your way. God, give me a male child. Eli said, put away alcohol from you. I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my soul. Well, if that's the type of prayer you're praying, then there's no way God won't intervene. By this time next year, you'll have a child. And that's what happened. And she devoted Samuel to the Lord and he became a great prophet in the land. Can you say amen? So you got to get rid of this North American culture and get onto Jesus culture and kingdom culture, which the Bible says, I cried out before God. It's not crying in a, in a state of like begging and, you know, God, can't you see what I'm going through? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting what God's word says, getting into the word, exploring God's word, finding out what God said you can have, then examining your life, locating places where it's not like that in your life, that God's word is, has said that I can have things and I'm not seeing in my life, then getting before God and saying, Lord, like Hezekiah did, he laid out the papers before God and he said, Lord, these are the threats that our enemies and our armies are laying against us. In the same vein, you take the word, you lay it before God and you say, God, this is what your word says I can have. This is what I'm not seeing done in my life. God, you said I can have it and I believe you're faithful. And even when men are faithless, you abide faithful. You cannot deny yourself and you hold your word above your name and you cannot deny your word. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I believe that as I pray for these things, they shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. And I expect things to turn for me from this moment forward. We have such confidence before God. What do, Jesus, um, 
The multitude warned them and said they should be quiet. They cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Jesus stood still and called to them and said, What do you want me to do for you? There it is. You have to pray specifically. What do you want? He looked at two blind people. You ever seen a, a blind person? A lot of the times, you know, they wear sunglasses to cover their eyes. But a lot of times they have like, you know, very white eyes. You can tell they're blind. Jesus wasn't dumb. Jesus wasn't, you know, plain stupid here. Jesus was just uh, uh, laying out the foundations for answered prayer. That if I'm going to answer this prayer, I have to ask this question. What would you like me to do for you? And they didn't reply. Oh God, we're blind, but whatever you want done. No, God, we want to see again. We want our eyesight restored. And Jesus had compassion, touched their eyes, and immediately they received sight and they followed him. What do you want God to do for you? Set it out. Write a list. Man called David Yonggi Cho. He's the pastor, or was the pastor, I'm not sure if he's just sitting as a senior role now, of one of the largest churches, was once the largest church on planet earth, um, Yoido Full Gospel Church in South Korea. And he said when he first started out in the ministry, like in the 40s, he was very poor, came from a very poor background, had no money, lived in a very impoverished state and city, because before the gospel got to South Korea, South Korea was actually a, an oppressed place. It wasn't very nice to live there. But now, you know, it's a very uh, progressive nation. Uh, very, very advanced nation. But in that day, it wasn't like that. So he was one day doing his studies in his house and he realized, Lord, like I don't even have a table to write on. I don't have a chair to sit on. He was just sitting on the floor. And he said, God, I'm asking you for three things. I'd like a table, I'd like a chair, and I'd also like, uh, he was a young guy, he was like 16 years old at the time, he said, I'd also like a bicycle, because they didn't have cars, but having a bike in that day was luxury. So he said, I'd also like a bicycle, so I can ride and do my hospital visits, or whatever other ministry visits, I don't have to walk everywhere. And uh, he waited months and months and months, and nothing ever came to pass. Never, nothing ever happened. No prayer was answered. And then he complained to the Lord. He said, Lord, why aren't my prayers being answered? You know, you said I can ask for anything. And the Lord answered back strongly in his spirit. You asked me for a table, a desk, but you never asked me what kind of desk you want. You asked me for a chair. You never mentioned what type of chair you'd like. And I'm not going to decide it for you. And you've asked me for a bike. What kind of bike? Where would you like the bike to be from? Ask me specifically. And so he's, he took the rebuke, the correction, and he said, Lord, I'd like a mahogany desk, a nice mahogany wood desk. Ask for the best. That's the thing. You got to ask for the best. God is not limited by anything. The only way... Oh my goodness. That's a package. Goodness gracious. Hold on. I knew that was going to happen. Anyways, he asked him, uh, he heeded the rebuke and said, Lord, I'm asking for a mahogany desk. Nice wood. The only limitations with God are the limitations that we place on him through unbelief. So he asked for a mahogany desk. Then he asked for a, a chair 
that was, he said, like a big macho man business, businessman chair where I can swivel, you know, one that turns, one that I can move around in and, and move around my, my office in. And then he said, for the bike, as for the bicycle, I would like a USA made bicycle because the best things are made in the USA. So I'd like a bike that's made in the USA. He went to church that Sunday and he preached. And he began uh, to tell people that he, that God had given him a mahogany desk. God had given him a nice businessman chair. And God had given him a bike in the USA. And so after he was done preaching, and that you should also ask whatever you want, believe that you have received and it shall be given unto you. So after he was done preaching, he, he went to his office and two little teenage boys came up to him and said, hey, show us where that bike is. We want to see your bike. We want to see that desk. You know, because that was like foreign for people in, in Korea at that time to have things like that. Those were luxuries. So they wanted to see it. And he got nervous. He's like, all right, come over. But he didn't have it really yet. He didn't have it. But he believed in his spirit. He was pregnant with those things in his spirit. He goes, uh, he brings them back to where uh, he lived. And they walk into an empty room. And they said, uh, are you crazy? There's nothing here. He's like, no, there's my desk. There's my chair. And here's my bike. There was nothing there. But he saw it in the spirit before, uh, as, as real as it were, as if it were in the natural. And the boys laughed at him. And he said, you have to understand something. When a woman is pregnant, she might not, you, you don't see the baby unless you go through an ultrasound, but the baby's there. And then one day the baby comes and the uh, labor goes and there's delivery of the baby. And now you can see with your eyes what was only in the stomach. Well, in the same way, I'm, I'm pregnant with that bike. I'm pregnant with that, that mahogany desk. And I'm pregnant with that chair. And I'll deliver, God will deliver it one day. And they laughed at him. And then word got around town that uh, Pastor David Young Cho was pregnant. But two weeks later, everybody say two weeks. Doesn't take God long. Two weeks later, a mahogany desk came his way. He doesn't describe how. The businessman chair came his way. And then there was a missionary from the USA that was going back to the US. And he had a bike made in the USA that he had brought with him. And he said, well, since I, I don't want to bring it back with me, you can have it. And he sewed it into his ministry. Within two weeks, everything he had sent his, he waited months being general. The moment he got specific, God delivered. There was a, a lady that came into R.W. Schambach's uh, tent crusade once. And as she was passing through the prayer line, she, uh, R.W. Schambach would ask, what are you here for? And she said, well, whatever the Lord wants. So he took, laid his hands on her and said, Lord, killer and she goes no 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 i don't want to die I, I don't want that well then obviously it's not whatever whatever he wants you know pray specific and she said lord i need healing in my body and she got healed you gotta pray specifically don't let these vague if you pray vaguely god will vaguely answer but if you pray to the specific i was just uh eating with um a couple just this week we went out to a restaurant and uh, she said she had been, you know, praying for her husband for many years. Nothing happened. Then all of a sudden, uh, the Lord spoke this to her spirit. And so she put out a list of everything that she wanted in her husband. Man of God, reads his Bible, everything. Just color of hair, blonde hair, everything. Muscular, whatever you want. She lit, wrote it down and she brought it to the Lord in prayer. And it was like that year she met her husband and now they're married 
and they live in Canada. Can you say amen? Be specific. The Bible says, command ye me the work of my hands. King, uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, the Bible says that when uh, Solomon offered up a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord, the Lord appeared to him by night at Gibeon and said, what do you want me to do for you? Solomon turned back, Lord, whatever you want done, I'll be happy with it. No, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom specifically. And God said, because you didn't ask for the heads of your enemies or long life or whatever, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you everything else anyways. But he was specific. Lord, I need wisdom. Number three, you must ask specifically. Number four, you must pray with faith. There has to be an expectation in your heart that what you're praying for, God's actually going to deliver. That we're not just doing this religious practice, this like vain exercise to boast in our spiritual muscles. That what I'm praying for, God is hearing when I pray. It doesn't matter if you think your words are, hearing, are hitting the ceiling. The fact of the matter remains. When you call unto God, God said, if you pray according to my will, I hear you, and whatever I hear you in, I will bring you away. That's why Jesus gets to the tomb of Lazarus, and before he raises him from the dead, he says, Father, I thank you that you hear me, and that you always hear me. Pray expectantly, for the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. James 1.5 When you pray, pray with faith. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea, tossed to and fro. Let not that man expect to receive anything from the, from the Lord. Well, you know, I, I'm, really, I, I'm praying that I get healed, but, you know, ultimately I have a plan B and a plan C in, in place just in case. You got to pray as you put all your marbles into one basket. If God can't do it, then who else can in the first place? And God's already said it in his heart. That my ears will be open to the prayers of the righteous and my eyes will be attentive to where they're at. Exodus. Exodus 1. God heard the prayers of the children of Israel. He heard their groaning. He saw their oppression. And the Bible says, I have come in response to their cry. Have faith that the, the earnest, effective prayer of a righteous man will produce. My prayers produce wonderful results. My prayers produce wonderful results. Acts chapter 12, what I was going to read before. I don't pray just to fill in my daily quota. I don't pray to, I don't even pray just to, to be in right standing with God. You know, God expects us to pray. No, I'm, I'm in right standing with God because I'm a Christian and I'm saved by grace through faith. Whether you pray or not, God is still God. God is still on the throne. Your prayers don't benefit God. Your prayers benefit you because it gives you sweet communion with the Holy Spirit and it provides inevitable answers. Acts chapter 12. Listen to this. This is important. If you're just tuning in right now, I'd appreciate it if you shared the broadcast. Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Skip over to verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, 
But constant prayer, everybody write out, constant prayer. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison, heavily guarded. There was no way out for Peter. But constant prayer was made by the church. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light sh shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Prayer breaks chains. Prayer breaks chains. If it can break physical chains, do you not think that your prayers will break spiritual chains? Not only off your life, they were praying for Peter and it broke the chains, off, the actual chains off Peter's body. Don't you think that prayer can break the chains off your children's life? That the enemies kept them bound, not believing the truth? But as you pray, God's going to break those chains today. But the next time they hear the message of the gospel, it won't fall on deaf ears, but on a willing and obedient heart. Hallelujah. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Prayer will produce supernatural manifestations where you'll have to pinch yourself to see, am I, am I dreaming? When the Lord brought the captives out of, uh, back to Zion, we were like those who dream. Prayer produces a reality that those who don't pray only dream about. But those who do pray get to live in that reality. And that reality will be yours from this moment onward. In the name of Jesus. Prayer produces. I'm going to say that again because that just struck me in my spirit. Prayer produces a reality that others only dream about. But those who pray get to live in. And when they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And he departed. Then Peter, when he had come to himself, meaning he thought he was dreaming, he finally came to himself and said, Now I know that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish, Jewish people. That shows you three things prayer brings. Number one, it, pray, it brings angelic assistance. Prayers bring angels on the scene. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, when he prayed, an angel came to attend to his prayer. And the angel said to him, Daniel, don't fear. From the first day that you set yourself to pray, I was sent in response to your prayer. So prayer gets angelic intervention. And remember what angels can do. In the Old Testament, when Hezekiah was faced with the king Sennacherib of Assyria, the wicked king, and he threatened to demolish Judah and the, and the nation. Ezekiah set himself to pray and God sent one angel and that one angel demolished 185,000 trained soldiers of the Syrian regiment and God gave them a great deliverance. If one angel can kill 185,000 people, what do you think? Jesus said, I can now pray and my father will send me 12 legions of angels. If one angel can do that, what do you think one legion or 12 legions of angels can do as you bring them on the scene through prayer. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, that God gives his angels charge 
concerning his angels, uh, concerning us. That when we pray, angels are given divine assignment to attend to what we pray for and to bring about the results. Lest we even dash our foot against a stone. Prayer brings angelic, angelic assistance. Number two, prayer brings deliverance from the hand of wicked people. Prayer brings deliverance from the hand of wicked people. It brought, them deliver, brought him deliverance of the hand of Herod. Whatever Herod wanted to do, he couldn't do anymore. And then number three, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. People are expecting you to die. People are expecting you to fail. People are expecting you to crumble. Prayer enables you to carry favor with God and with man. That all of the ill expectations of the people around you, family members that are just waiting for you to stumble so that they can point the finger at your religion. See, what has God done for you? Ah, where's God now? The same place he's always been. David prayed, Lord, let those that seek my hurt be confounded and brought to confusion. Let them never say over me, aha, aha. Meaning God, do something. Put a favor on my life. That where men are expecting me to fail, I only thrive in so that there's no room for them to ever laugh. You know, there were the people that threw Daniel in the lion's den. And the ones that were behind that uh, campaign to kill Daniel. The Bible says God shut the mouths of the lions so that they couldn't eat Daniel. But the same ones that had campaign for Daniel's execution. They were the ones that were tossed in to the lion's den. And the lions that were scheduled to eat Daniel were then feasting on all his enemies. And I tell you the truth, as you pray and engage God today, everything that the Bible says, everything that falls on this stone shall be broken. And on anything that this stone falls on, it shall be crushed to, to pieces. And you are that stone in Christ Jesus, a living stone. That means anything that comes against you gets broken and anything you choose to, 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 to pray against in life, that thing gets crushed to pieces in the name of Jesus Christ. I see, I see God delivering you from the hand of your enemies and everything that's, everyone that's been expecting you to fail, they will wait a long while and see you only go higher and higher in the name of Jesus Christ. Then he gets to the, to the house of where they were praying. She this little girl named Rhoda comes and answers. And she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness. She did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. So she was happy. There has to be joy when you pray. If, if, if prayer is going to bring any results, you have to be joyful. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. So in order to get into his presence, there has to be fullness of joy. And then the Bible says, but the others said to her, you're crazy. Could you imagine that? That's why I'm taking the time to pray with, talk about praying with expectation. They were praying for Peter. God, we just pray you break Peter out. We pray, Lord, that whatever's been aligned against him, Lord, that you would dismantle that thing. Father, we just pray that you would break him out this night. Send your angels. Do, do, do. I'm Peter. God sent an angel. I'm delivered. Oh, you're crazy. That couldn't be him. That must be his ghost. People pray for things and then by their confession prove that they never even believed God in the first, first place that he would do anything for them. You're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. 
So they said it must be his angel. Like, he's dead. We know we were praying for him, but he's probably dead by now. I mean, what's the point of praying unless you actually believe that God's going to... What a waste of breath. What a waste of energy. But I believe when I pray, I know that it shall turn out for my deliverance through God's through my prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's how Paul prayed. Philippians 1, I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of Jesus of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So the, Peter continued knocking. Could you imagine him outside? Hey, let me in, man. There's people coming after me. Get me in. I need to leave town. Stop debating. It's actually me. So they opened the door and saw him and were still astonished. People pray with zero expectation. But Rhoda prayed with total expectation. She prayed expecting to receive something. Number five, that was number four, pray with faith. Number five, the word of God is your ammunition in prayer. Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance of my word. State your case so that I might be acquitted. Bring forth your strong reasons. You have to see prayer as a courtroom. You're standing before the God who is the judge of all the earth. And you have uh, your case that you need to plead for. And the evidence is the word of God that supports your cause. Do you understand that it's not an innocent man that the judge rules in favor for? There's a lot of innocent people that went and got the death penalty and died. It has nothing to do with your innocence. Just you going up to God and saying, Lord, you know I'm a good guy. Please help me. That's not going to, you being a good guy or not, it's not going to do anything. The one who wins a case in court is the one who has fail-proof evidence that he's innocent and that he's been, he's stated his case and he's been approved and he's been acquitted. In the same vein, the evidence that God respects in the court of heaven is his word. State your case from his word and you shall be acquitted. You look at like, you know, you study uh, it, the, the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel and the drought and the rain that came. Elijah, the Bible says, when he called for a drought, he quoted, he was, he was praying for a drought, quoting what the Old Testament Deuteronomy says, that if the people refuse to serve God, God said that he'll shut the heavens above and make him like bronze and will not give rain in its season. So when he prayed for a drought, he wasn't just praying because he, you know, he didn't like certain people in Israel. So, you know, I'm, you know that, the king of Israel really doesn't treat me like a prophet. So I'm not going to, I'm praying that God brings a drought on this land. No, he was just praying what the Old Testament said would happen if, if the people of Israel turned against God and served the Baals. So when he prayed, he was praying according to the will of God. Then when he prayed for rain, it was after the people of Israel, the children of God, of God, had turned away from Baal worship and returned back to the Lord their God. And so Elijah knew. Deuteronomy says, but if they will return in that day, then I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll give them rain again. So he then acted on what the word of God said after the children of God had turned back to God. And so rain came. He prayed according to the will, and it produced miraculous results. You must pray according to the word of God. God's word is the only language he, under he understands in prayer. Your innocence notwithstanding. 
Number, oh, and this is important. God's not moved because of your need. God is not moved because of your tears. God is moved by His Word. There's a lot of people who cry themselves to sleep every night asking God to do something and it doesn't work any, any, any wonders. Because it, it's not the way God works. You don't need God's sympathy. You need God's help. Prayer is not something to garner God's sympathy. Prayer is not a, a work that we do to get God to feel bad for us. Prayer is how we engage the God of heaven, which then provokes His hand of intervention our way and takes us out of the impossible situations of life. God is moved by His word. Number six, never uproot the seed. This is important. Never uproot the seed that you sow in prayer by the words that you speak after you pray. You don't pray for deliverance and then talk like you're still bound. You don't pray for God to do something for you. God, I just pray that uh, you'll give me a child or whatever. You're believing God for the fruit of the womb. And then afterwards, yeah, doctor says I can never conceive. You know, doctor said this, doctor. You can't, you're uprooting the effect of your prayer through the words that you speak after you pray. The words that you speak after you pray are almost more important than the words that you speak while you're praying. If you're believing God for a turnaround, then talk as though you've been turned around. If you're believing God for a breakthrough, then you got, you're believing God for your children to return. Stop saying, you know, my kids never listen to me. Uh, they're just rebellious teens. They're just in a phase. Stop talking like that. They'll continue on in that phase and then they'll be 40, 50 years old and you'll still be scratching your head wondering why are they still in that phase. Instead say, as for me and my children, we will serve the Lord. I thank you, God, that my kids are gaining a spiritual appetite, that they're losing the appetite for this world, that they're gaining a spiritual appetite for the things of God. You're believing God for a turnaround in your health? Father, I thank you. No matter what I feel in my body, I thank you that as we prayed, health came in my body, that just like someone takes aspirin and the, the symptoms might stay for 10, 15 minutes, but then they go away. I thank you that as I've prayed, that there might still be symptoms right now, but they're going away because Jehovah's my Rapha. He's my healer. He's my provider. I thank you, Lord, that things might look bad now, but they're turning around. Things are turning for me. Like David, I have a good inheritance the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places I don't have a bad card I might have when I was not redeemed had a bad card I might have started off bad I might have started off small I might have started off troubled but I'm no longer troubled goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life I'm favored I'm blessed I'm highly favored things go for me they go well for me things that don't work for the world they work well for me because I have God's favor on my life don't be double-minded he that is double-minded is unstable as the ways of the sea. Jacob, in pronouncing the blessing over Reuben, he said, Reuben, you are my firstborn. You're the excellence of my strength. You're, you're, you're the, the, the picture of beauty. Yet, because you're as unstable as water, you will not excel. Don't be double-minded. What you pray privately, enforce it publicly. You get in an anointed meeting. Well, I know all things are possible to him that believes. 
I know God can do even the impossible things of life. Oh, praise God, he makes, he turns graves into gardens. Then you get around the other people and, and you start talking the total opposite. Yeah, you know, we've always struggled in my family. It, it seems to me like we always take one step forward and 10 steps back. You know, every time I try, it's like something bad comes around. You're negating the effect of your prayer through the words you're speaking. Instead, use the power of life in your mouth and produce life. Water the seed you sow in prayer by the, the moisture of the words that you speak after. And God, who gives the increase, will produce the increase in your life. And number seven, important, and I finish with this. Believe that you have received the answer and give thanks unto God. I ordered a package, as you can see. If you were watching earlier, they buzzed and delivered it. When I ordered it two days ago, I didn't keep looking at my phone. Where is it going? Just in a, in a frantic worry. Is it going to come? Contacting Amazon. Amazon, I know I ordered this package. I'm just wondering if you're still going to bring it to me. I just plead with you. Please bring it to me. It's on the way. We've packaged it. It's in a box. It's in air. It's en route. What do you mean? It's, we said it'd be there by, by Thursday. That's how people treat God. They, they uh, pray for something. And then they worry about the same thing that they just prayed for. Instead of doing what Jesus said, believe that you have received it. And you will have it. Just like when you order a package. You don't receive it right on, on site. This isn't witchcraft. There's no adakra, but whatever, abracadabra, whatever the thing is they say, the, mag the magicians. You order it, you put in your, your petition, you put in your request. And then it says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer, supplication, make your request known to God with thanksgiving. I thank you, Father, that my package, my miracle testimony, I have it, but its physical reality it's on, is, is on its way. I thank you for the manifestation of what I've prayed in prayer is on its way. And all men will see. People will witness your hand at work in my life. You don't worry about it. I cast, you don't cast your care onto God fishing and then reel it back in and put it in your boat. You cast your care unto God. And you leave it there. The Bible says when they circled the walls of Jericho, they on the seventh day, they did it seven times. And then they shouted. There was no wall. Those walls were so fortified, six chariots can ride on it side by side. And the Bible says that they shouted in faith. They praised God. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And the walls came tumbling flat. You don't shout when the walls fall. You shout ahead of time and God will cause an earthquake that everything preventing your breakthrough comes falling flat today in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul and Silas are in prison with shackles and chains bound in the, in the deep dungeon of a prison cell. 
And the Bible says they prayed and then they turned to thanking God and singing praise and hymns. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. And the Lord caused an earthquake to come so that their prison cell came open and everyone's chains and shackles came undone. Stop complaining about the things you've already put in God's hand. What is that? If I, if I had my accounting to do and I hired an accountant to do it, and he's getting it done. And if anyone does any accounting, you know it's long work. And it's kind of boring sometimes. And in the, even though he's getting it done, I'm still complaining. Man, can't believe all that, I have all that accounting to do. Can't believe I have all those books to balance. Man, I hate doing that work. What are you complaining for? Someone's already getting it done for you. In the same vein, God's, God is at work in your life when you pray. So quit complaining and rejoice ahead of time that the Lord has given you the victory. These seven keys, if you'll implement them in your prayer life, it'll drastically transform it. Where pe people will look to you. Before you were the one that said, can you keep me in prayer? Can you keep me? Now people will be looking at you. Hey, every time you pray, things happen. You mind keeping me in prayer? Instead of others holding you up, you'll be able to hold others up. And I'll finish with this. You need to get saved. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For God to hear you, you have to call him Father. And God has no illegitimate children. You're either his child or not. The world says we're all children of God. God said, as many as received Jesus, to them gave he power to become children of God. You need to get saved. The Bible says he that turns his ear from hearing the word of, the, of God. God will turn his ear away from his prayer. The Bible says in Psalm 66, 18. If I had regarded iniquity and sin in my heart. God would never hear me. But when you confess your sins to the Lord. He cleanses you. And he's faithful and just to forgive you. And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then the Bible says, David said this, Now I know that the Lord has received my prayer. You'll be praying to a ceiling as long as you're in wrong standing with God. And the only way to get in right standing with God, by we have peace with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way to have peace with God is to admit that you're a sinner and you need God's help. Believe on the gospel that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and ye shall be saved the Bible says if that's you you've never done that or you have and you've strayed away and like to recommit your life to God today I want you to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart and say this with with absolute earnestness of spirit say father in Jesus name I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead I confess this day with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I will live for him. I turn from my old life and I turn to you this day. Let these graves be turned to gardens. Let this wilderness be a pool of water. Let old things pass away and everything become new. 
I am saved. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live for you. I thank you that heaven is now my home. God is now my father. Jesus is my elder brother. And I'll never be the same. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would love for you to contact me by going to www.salvationnow.ca. The first link that pops up is I just got saved. Fill it out um, and, and, and get that information to me. I would love to get you a package free of charge. I'm going to send it to you. It has a Bible, has some resources and stuff that's going to greatly help you in this new walk with God. Uh, do that. I'm going to send It's my gift to you. No money on your end. We're not, we'll never send you an email for money. We'll never ask you for any money. We don't do that. Uh, I just want to help you out. I want to bless you. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji or visit us online www.salvationnow.ca God bless you and until next time.